0: Well, friends, we began our Linton worship series last Sunday with the awareness and, and I hope acknowledgement that no matter how long we have been on our journey of faith, we still have a need to go deeper. And that means something has got to change. I don't know about you, but I have participated in exercise programs, whether they have been boot camps or not. And a boot camp just means that it's an intensive training program, right? They just throw you in and you just got to go with it. I have done so, I have participated in these programs, because I became keenly aware that change was needed. I couldn't move like I wanted to move. I couldn't jump like I, not like I used to jump. I know I can't jump like I used to jump, y'all, okay? But like I need to jump. When I'm not in shouting shape, amen, if I can't dance and praise the Lord for about five minutes, I knew I was out of shape because I was breathing hard. So I needed to get in shouting shape um, that I knew, I realized that I couldn't go on as usual. Something need to change. But you know what we say about change. The only people who like change are wet babies, amen? I have shared with you before that God is not going to do a new thing in our lives or in the life of this church the old way. Isaiah says, behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? All too often, that's what we don't want to do, isn't it? Change. We would rather hold on to what we have and and what we know, do what we've always done and how we've always done it. And this can even include our understanding about God and God's call on our lives. But there will come a time in our life when we just have to begin again and again and sometimes again. A time when we have to hit the reset button or, like our computer, a hard reboot, right? Have you ever been working in your computer and it's just, you don't know what that thing is doing? You can't fix it. You just turn it off. You hit Control, Alt, Delete, boom, and it's a hard reboot. A hard reset. You gotta start over. Beginning again is never easy because change is difficult. It just is. And it may even be demanding, asking more of us than we thought we were capable of. But sometimes the change that we are dreading is exactly what we need. And will not only change our life, perhaps even for the better, but also change the lives of those whom God is trying to reach. And God is trying to reach new people every single day. And and maybe y'all what and who reached you? may not be able to reach people today. The songs that minister to you may not minister to people today. Right? There's a song in the hymnal. It's called the hymn of promise, and I love this song. Now, usually it's sung at a different time, but it's the word. And and we've been passing out for some of you, Butterflies on the on the on your cover, of your bulletin's a butterfly. You can stick a butterfly, cause the butterfly doesn't start out as a butterfly. A change has to happen. In the bulb there is a flower. In the seed, an apple tree. In cocoons, a hidden promise. Butterflies will soon be free. In the cold and snow of winter, there's a spring that waits to be unrevealed. Until it's season, something God alone can see. That hymn is called the hymn of promise. There's a promise in change our beginning again, our reset happens at the end of something and sometimes even at the end of ourselves. For Abram, who will journey into a covenantal relationship with God and become Abraham, right? He starts out as Abram, but he becomes Abraham. His beginning again, his reset happened at the end of his life. God's, God calls him to begin again at age 75. So all of y'all who think you're too old to do a new thing, God says, oh, no. Some of y'all might get a call at 75. <laughs> I'm looking over there at Sister Moss, man. And she was looking at me like, you better not look at me over here like <laughs> At age 75, Abram is called to leave everything, and I mean everything, his land, his family, his father's household, his friends, everything, to leave everything he has ever known, and he's told just to go. And you need to hear that text clearly. He is to go to a land that God will show. God don't tell him up front, right? Right? God doesn't give him all the details. God doesn't provide any details of the destination. God doesn't provide any details of the duration of the journey. God doesn't let him know about the difficulties and dangers await. God just says, Go. 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 The only information he has is a promise of blessings. That not only will he be blessed, but all the families of the earth will be blessed through him. With God's call to go, Abram is literally at a crossroads. Which way are you going to go? What are you going to do? The city of Haran from which Abraham is called means highway or crossroads. He could either embrace God's calling, which meant that he would have to relinquish his self-directed course, or resist rebirth. And that's what God does with us all the time. We can either go God's way or our way. We can either do what God says do, or we can do what we want to do. See, every day we almost have to begin again. we committing our lives to what God would have us to do. When he chose to leave the comfort of the known for the promise of the unknown, the promise of the unknown realities of God, Abram is born into a new reality, right? He's born into a whole new way of thinking, a whole new way of believing, a whole new way of living. Life as he knew it, life as he had lived it, ended when he said yes to God, when he decided to go he was beginning again. You see, in our end is our beginning. That's what it is. In our end is our beginning. Right. In our end is our beginning. The reality, the necessity of beginning again is also what challenged Nicodemus. Right? Nicodemus goes in the cover of darkness. He seeks out Jesus to ask questions whose implications are life-challenging. Be careful of talking with Jesus because Jesus always got to be starting something. Right? You're going to seek out Jesus? Well, okay. As a Pharisee, he was a learned man. Years of schooling, he knew Torah. He followed Torah faithfully and even added extra rules so that he could live righteously and faithfully. He thought he had an understanding and insight about the things of God. He was comfortable and confident with his tradition, but Jesus tells him that in order to enter the kingdom of God, a person must be born again. You must be born anew. And he asked, can a person begin again? Like, I'm kind of old, not as old as Abram. Can a person begin again? With Jesus, the answer is always yes. I don't care where you've been and what you've done and how long you've done it. With Jesus, the answer is always yes. You can begin again. You can begin anew. Your life can be transformed with Jesus. You have to say yes. Thanks be to God in our end is our beginning. If we are willing to give ourselves, our souls, over to the spiritual boot camp, it means leaving some of our old habits. Our old habits. Our old prejudices. Our old behaviors. and our weaknesses behind. But isn't that the purpose of the journey of faith? To become more and more and more and more and more like Jesus? Isn't that what we want, right? To move closer and closer to knowing ourselves in relation to the one who made us and who loves us without condition rather than just knowing ourselves as the world sees us. Right. Jesus invites us and says that we can be reformed, that we can be recreated, that we can be reordered, that we can be rebuilt to love more. We really can. We can be rebuilt to forgive more. We can be reborn to expect more of ourselves and to believe more in the promises of God. And we do this by inviting the Holy Spirit to root out more and more and more of our sinful selves. Wesley called it the way of salvation. We can allow the Spirit to empower us to grow in our love for God and others. Are you able to love more today than yesterday? Not like. Love, love which is sacrificial, love which is given without condition, love which bears all things, love which believes all things, love, that love. Are we willing to go where God says go and do what God says do, even if we don't have all the details up front, even if we don't know that if we're going to be successful? God doesn't call us to be successful. God calls us to be faithful. God is the God of the harvest, the Lord of the harvest, not us. We're just supposed to plant the seeds. Are we willing to go what God says, go and do what God says do? Or will we choose to remain where we are and what we've always been because it's safe, because it's familiar, because it's comfortable? Years ago, and Rachel has a PhD in Italian studies, she speaks, but uh, her mom and I have been friends since 1983. That is a long time to be friends, amen? She's a dean of Candler School of Theology, and we've just been friends for, literally since 1983. And Rach- and Jan, some of y'all might know, she was executive director of the women's division at one point in time. Just, she traveled all the time. And I was always the main babysitter of Rachel. Rachel has always known me, almost technically before she was born. Right? And her dad was away doing something. And he called me and said, Sheila, can you come watch Rachel? I said, sure. I'm headed to a, i was a graduate student at the time. And I said, I'm headed to his party. He said, well, what? I said, I'm just going to take Rachel. So Rachel, she's got strawberry blonde hair. You have to see. So she, she's hanging on to me like, you know. So we looked like an interesting couple. Right, but the, I was hanging out with some international friends, and Rachel is running around. And I go check on her in the back with the other kids, and she is sitting in the dirt, y'all. I don't mean this baby is just sitting in the dirt. She's about three years old. She is sitting there, and she is moving her legs back and forth in the dirt. She is throwing the dirt up on herself, and it's. <laughs> The little white baby is becoming increasingly brown. And Rachel hated to, and she had thick hair, and she hated to get her hair washed. And I knew, was, and I looked at her and go, Rachel, what are you doing? And she looks up at me, and she goes, but Sheila, I'm comfortable. And I said, oh, your comfort is going to cost you, because <laughs> we're going, because I got to give you a bath. And wash your hair. I like what Neil Donald Walsh says, who's an actor and author. He says, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Life, real life, begins at the end of your comfort zone. This means that the life that we're searching for and the life that God wants to live in and through us is just outside our comfort zone. Just outside our reach. And in order to receive it, in order to have it, we have to let go of the old in order to embrace the new. We have to let life as we know it end so that new life can begin. This journey of faith that we are on is an ongoing, a continuing journey. And no, and nobody ever said it would be easy, but it is always a blessing because we come to know God more and more. We come to serve him more and more. We are able to grow in grace and understanding, which we can share with others. God calls, call is both Communal and individual. As a community of faith, Silver Hill and those who, who journey with us, what is God calling us to relinquish? What is God saying? Let it go. Let it go. Hey, I'm thinking about doing a sermon series called Frozen. you called let it go, let it go, right? What do we need to come to an end? Really, y'all, what? You know what it is. What needs to come to an end so a new beginning, God's new beginning might be possible. See, all things are possible. Yes, who love the Lord, but we got to let some of that stuff go because you can't have the new while you're still holding on to the old. Can't put new wine into old wineskins. Can't have it both ways. You want the promises of God? You want all the other stuff? You got to let go to old. What new beginning is just outside our comfort zone, just there, just there, just there on the horizon that we're trying to reach but we cannot take hold of it if we're holding on to our old life. We cannot take hold of it if we're holding on to our old ways. We cannot take hold of it if we're holding on to our old way of thinking and believing and behaving, giving and serving. We've got to let it go, let it come to an end. For us individually, in our personal lives, what is God calling you and I to let go of? To let something come to an end. I don't know, maybe you've been mad about something. Let it, let it come to an end. It doesn't prosper your soul and it doesn't bless God. And you can't have the new. the something that is more of God, right? The more of God. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless us. But we gotta let it go. We gotta let something come to an end, always. Always on the journey. Always we gotta let something come to an end. Come on, think about it. What is it? Is it some relationship that's gotta come to an end? You know? You keep wanting and believing that he, she, okay? I'm, I'm just getting, covering all bases. That, that you're, gonna, you're gonna change them, okay? How is that working for you? Okay. You don't have a magic wand because if you do, share it. Some relationships might have to come to an end. And I know it's hard. Maybe sometimes you're at a job and you know it is not where you need to be. I don't know ask God to reveal it to you and give you the strength and the community to surround you and support you. To allow it to come to an end. To everything, there is a season. And maybe your season is up. Friends, we have all faced an end of something. We've all faced an end at some point in our lives, and yet I hear that Him and I hear this, these texts say again and again that in our end is our beginning. Don't be afraid of the end, because in God there's always a new beginning. Amen?